Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Member Engagement Show. I'm really excited to bring on three amazing guests today, and we are going to be talking about the intersection of member engagement and value proposition. We're going to look at three different aspects, what drives member engagement, how to measure it, and how to make your member in- member engagement better over time. Let's bring our three guests in today to introduce themselves. We have Tom Morrison, Beth Errett, and Dave Will. I'm going to have you all each give a little shout out and overview about yourself. Um, can you tell us each a little bit about your organization, your role there, and then just so we can all get to know you a little bit better and so, sort of how you're coming into this conversation, um, one sentence on what you think the connection between member engagement and an association's value proposition is. So let's start with you, Tom. Welcome to the show. Well, I'm glad to be here. So Tom Morris and I am the CEO of the Metal Treating Institute. Been, a, uh, been an association executive for 25 plus years, and it was a big mantra of mine since 2009 that is engagement solves everything. And how it's connected to the value proposition is that member engagement is focused on what people care about and what their largest pain points are. If they care about it, they engage. If there's a pain point that you have a solution they they uh, they engage in it. So very excited to be here today to discuss that. Just our organization is an international organization with members in 40 states and eight countries. And uh, so engagement and communities is very big for us to, as a com- as a uh, communication platform to bring our members together. Awesome. Thank you. We're excited to have you here. Dave, how about you? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. I'm re- really, I love talking about this. Stuff. So, so thanks so much for the invitation. I am the co-founder and CEO of Prop Fuel. Um, I've been working with associations on the technology side for somewhere around 20 years, uh, hair under actually. And uh, it started with uh, Peach New Media was my last company, uh, which was a freestone, the learning management system. And now Prop Fuel is uh, my current business, which is a communications platform focused on conversational engagement. Now, the the connection of an association or what was the question? The connection of associations to value proposition? Their value proposition and member engagement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Value. So I, I, I bring it back to the importance of connecting at the individual level not at the segment level, but the individual level is where engagement truly becomes valuable for the individual, right? Everybody's, the value I get out of something is uniquely different than the value Tom might get out of something. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it down to the individual connection level, and that's where engagement really blossoms. Cool. Looking forward to diving more into that in a bit. And Beth, how about you? I know you've been on the show many times, but for those of those listeners who are new, can you give a quick intro? Uh, I would say long-time listener, first-time caller, but I think it's kind of the other way around. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm Beth Arrett. I'm the Association Evangelist at Higher Logic. Um, but in my previous life, I spent uh, more than 25 years doing marketing from a lot of different aspects, um, for-profit, non-profit, um, teaching at Marymount University and 
uh, most recently, uh, Sal was seven years as the VP of marketing at the American Association of Airport Executives uh, before I came over here. And I would say that the connection between member engagement and association's value proposition is if you've got the right value proposition and you're following it, then your member should be engaged. If they're not engaged, then either you're not following it or you need to rethink your entire proposition. Cool. All good stuff. That's a that bold will... statement, Beth. <laughs> that is. That's like a bold statement to to because I would I would ask the question like if you know eighty percent of your members are quote unquote engaged, uh, is that good? Yeah. yeah, I would say so. What about sixty percent? That's the depends on that starts to depend on, depend on how you define engagement though. And, and actually, we're going to talk about that yep. a little bit. We're going Correctly. to talk about how you define yep. it yeah. and how you measure it, right? Yep. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear what, what I learn. All on the agenda. <laughs> I'm going to learn so much from you people. Anticipation day. Anticipation. Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, so lots to talk about. Tom, let's start with you. You've been working on member engagement at Metal Trading Institute for a while, and you created this concept of the 13 touch points of member engagement. As Tom, will you take us through each one of those 13 touch points in as much detail as possible? You're ready to go on the ride, but sorry, did I just take over the podcast? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I think Alex was asking for just you know an overview to give us yes. an idea. Go on, Alex. Yes, you, 13, you can ask the question. 13 may be a little much for this venue right now today, but tell us a little bit about the model, how you developed it. It, how you use it at a high level, and if you want to give us an example of what some of those touch points might be, um, that that would be helpful. So in 2006, my association, Metal Trading Institute, and I sat down and really tried to dissect how do we get more members engaged. It's one of the passions I have because I really believe that when members are engaged, it solves everything. It solves financials. It solves volunteerism. It solves meeting attendance. It solves everything when people are engaged. And so it goes back to finding having a value proposition that what people care about and what's their biggest pain point for solutions. And so we did a couple things. One, I sat down and, just, and just dissected our membership into three categories of benefit. And this is really true for any association. It's what I've taught for 12 years now. But there's three types of members in every, uh, every association. There's the informational member. That's the member that pays their dues and reads your newsletter and gets any free stuff that you have. And then transactional, that's when they actually give you money to actually buy something and the emotional member are the members that are emotionally invested through coming to meetings and or volunteerism. And so we really, we track all our 13 touch points are each of the benefits that we have that flow into um, those three different, and I'll give you an example. So like our informational members, we do an annual wage and benefit study, which a lot of associations do. We have a semi-annual ops cost program for the operational costs, a monthly sales and forecasting program. So those are all in our information. We don't charge a dime for our, our um, uh, benchmarking uh, financial stuff, which people love. That drives great value because our members would pay at least ten grand to get our forecasting model done by themselves, and then get it for, from us for paying eighteen hundred dollars a year in dues, and they gladly pay that. We have about fifty percent of our members in that one program, which, when any benchmarking program, you're lucky to get fifteen to twenty percent. So yeah, that's exceptional. Free. So, so that's the information members. Then we have our transactional members and the transactional, um, some of those things are like our online academy purchases and ads in our quarterly magazine to um, advertise our company, our energy procurement program, and then purchasing any kind of training materials in a print version from us. So that's our transactional members. And then our emotional members are anybody that attends our national meetings, regional meetings, our young executive training program. 
which by the way, in my opinion, anybody that wants to connect with me, it is the best executive management training program in all of manufacturing. I've put it up against anybody. Many have told us that. So, and then board member or volunteer capacity. So those are emotional event members that are, um, so that's the connection point. So those, that's really our 13 points. And what I really love about doing this is we actually track. So 40 to 64, if we look at our measurements, 64% of our members are informational only members. They only get those things and nothing else. 43% are transactional members and 49% are emotional members. Now here's our model. We want to get informational members to go to be a transactional and actually purchase something because that invests them one step further. And then from there, we want them to become an emotional member and attend a meeting and or volunteer um, or get on the board. And so by tracking that though, you can't know it unless you have the data. But here's the reason for, for me, for doing all this measuring of engagement, what it boils down to is this messaging. You don't want to send somebody who's in nine of your pro, nine of your ten programs a you need to be more engaged uh, letter or email. And I've gotten those from organizations. You want to get you want to send that person. Hey, man, we are so thankful that you are so engaged in the association because of you. We get to be world class. And somebody that's only in one program or maybe has only come to a meeting in the last five years, they get different messaging to help them get engaged. So when we measure ours, ours is very simple. We download a spreadsheet with 13 engagement points and give everybody one point for each item. Because I don't, I don't get bogged down in process with analysis of should they get 50 points? I don't think a board member should be given any more points than a regular member for being engaged. It's just you get one point. And then when we've got our point totals, we put people in the level of engagement. So if you've in no programs, you're not engaged. If you're uh, one to five programs, you're actively engaged. And if you're in six or more of our programs, you're highly engaged. And we look at those to give us some direction as to what kind of messaging do we want to send people. So it really helps us just kind of really keep ourselves on the, on the guided path and maximizing. Here's the key to engagement, and I'll end on this. Um, in my opinion, when you're sending messaging, you want members to have FOMO. So whenever we go to market a program or a meeting or something, the key to getting people engaged mentally is you say, hey, Dave, our records show that you are not involved in our management program. Our records show you are not registered for me. Our records show you're not blank. Just enter the program. What happens when I've learned this over 12 years of doing this, what happens when you say not, so many members think they're actually engaged in something or registered for a meeting. And when you say our records show you're not, it hits the subconscious. Oh my gosh, I'm missing out on something because I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so we've used that, that one phrase remarkably well the last 12 years to get our members engaged. And we have um, marketing general studies show that 80, 64% is about the average member engagement in programs. And we've got 83% plus our members are involved in at least one program um, that gives them some you know, satisfaction to being a member of MTI. So we've got about 17% that aren't engaged, but I've talked to many of them and they're like, Tom, we just love y'all doing such a great job. So, but I really feel like that our record show you're not is a, is a key phrase. What worked really that, effectively for stuff like that at AAAE was have it come from a person, usually from the membership department, even though it was a mass thing, and say, hey, we noticed that you're missing, that you're not attending such and such, or we noticed that you, know, you don't have this information. And then it really looks like, oh, this person actually looked at my, rec at, at my accountant, reached out to me, and was like, oh, hey, they're th I noticed they're not coming. I noticed yeah. they're not here. Um, I love that, Beth. And, and when you say yeah. a person, you don't mean the membership team. You mean a person on the membership team. Membership. You throw in a little headshot and a signature. 
too. Mm -hmm. And now yep. all of a sudden it's really a person. Uh, ASAE did that. Uh, Amy Hempel over at ASAE sent out a, a bunch of new member onboarding and renewal messages when, when somebody joined or renewed their membership. Amy would send a note to them uh, and with a, with a question in it, checking in with them. And people actually respond saying, is this a real person? Like <laughs> there was actually a debate whether or not Amy Hempel was a bot or real. And she's like, no, I'm real. So oh, anyway, yeah, yeah it's, that's it's, why uh, it's unusual. That's why those um, automation roles in communities from like the community managers that look like they're going to come, they're coming from an individual person at the association mm -hmm. saying, hey, Dave, I noticed you created your profile, but you haven't joined any communities yet. Why don't you, I wanted to introduce you to these three things or something like that. You know, it sounds like someone took the time to understand you and, and get you re-engaged somehow. Yeah. And I think um, that's what makes the difference is yeah. that it's coming from a person and it looks like that person, you still got that fear of missing out the FOMO that you're talking about, but it's coming from a person and it's, Hey, I, I noticed you weren't doing such and such. Like they were actually cared enough to look at your record as one individual and say, Hey, they're not doing this. I think they should be. Totally. I think that is such a great point. It's not just email either. Like like the community, you could do that within the, the, mm -hmm. the actual community. I was at a hotel and hotels are doing this really, really well right now via SMS where I, I went to a hotel in, in Park City uh, like two weeks ago. And um, it, shortly after I checked in, I got a text message and it said, hey, just want to make sure everything went well at check-in. Uh, is there anything we can do for you? Oh, and, and it said Alicia or whatever her name was. Yes. I responded back immediately saying, is this a real person? <laughs> I did. And and she responds back saying, yeah, this yeah. is Alicia. Let me know what I can do to help anytime during your stay here. I was like, God damn, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then later she sent me a couple more. Like the next morning, she said, I hope your first night was good. Is there, any, uh, you know, how would you rate your, your first night on a mm -hmm. scale of one to five? Like, oh, I'm man. betting I know which chain that was too, because that happened to me two weeks ago in Austin. I say two different, I was in Austin two weekends in a row, two different hotels. It happened to me at one of them, but not the other one. It was fantastic though. Like, and what made it fantastic is the human, yep. the, the actual person mm -hmm. that was asking me a question. I thought that was brilliant. Fantastic. Yep. Are you real? It makes all the difference. Am I real? Depends who you ask. Well, the other thing too is like you need to make sure that when they reply, it goes back to that person too. Because if you send that like that and then the reply is, um, you know, to the membership team or something like that or you know, membership or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, they don't really talk to me. Um, all of the onboarding and renewal emails at AAAE come from a person. And the return email address is that person. And if they write back to that person thinking that person actually emailed them, then they, um, that person is the one who gets it and who answers. Well, I can tell you, I mean, um, I, I kind of ended on this. I mean, we, we, Beth, you make a great point and all of our emails never go to attention members. It's always dear Dave, mm -hmm. whatever our records show you're not engaged in whatever signed Tom Morris. I mean, I'm a big, I, I agree with you. You have to have the personal aspect of it because that's what makes it human. And it gives mm -hmm. that relationship. Cause our goal is to get to us, not have someone a relationship like with you where you would want to delete it. We want to have a close knit relationship so you don't ever want to delete that. But you know, every, every, like you said, every membership is different and you got to know your members. And Tom, it sounds like you and your team really 
when you're examining sort of where your members are falling within these different categories, these different touch points, like you're taking this as feedback for you as well to not just have your direction in terms of messaging, but like what, what else can we do to, to re-engage these people well, and, and strategize around? Absolutely. It. It's a kind of moving target for us at all times, just because we're change is happening so fast that your value proposition is changing because your members pain points and what they care about are also changing in real time. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Beth, let's. I want to talk a little bit about how you did um, member scoring at your former association. Similar to Tom, it sounds like you had a little bit of a, a model as well that you worked on. Um, t- can you tell us a little bit more about how you were measuring engagement um, at that association? Um, yeah, so we did a couple of different things with member engagement. Uh, one of the ones that we did was we took all of the things that a member could do, and there were a lot of them, AAAE, and we started with the basic you exist in the database and you are a member, you have a member um, and sort of the ones that Tom's talking about where they might read the stuff. Um, I wanted to add another member type to that, by the way, there's the person, there's the resume member who only joins to put it on their resume. <laughs> um, I haven't heard that one before. That's, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. They put it, they, to put it on their resume, whether it's the membership itself or whether it's, they have to be a member to get whatever sort of, to have whatever certification or accreditation they make on their on resume. <laughs> yeah, they, they may. Yeah. <laughs> they make great volunteers if it's requirement in order to keep their, their, their accreditation. Right. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so we basically took the people who just existed and then everything from there all the way up to an AAE an accredited airport executive, which is the highest level of engagement. Basically you could get at, AAA and it's not, it's not an easy accreditation to get either. Um, there are some people who've been in the program for five or more years and they haven't finished their AAE yet. So it's, it's not an easy one to get. Um, and what we did is we figured out, okay, we took them into level by level. And then we looked at everybody in the bottom level and said, okay, how do we get these people to the next step of engagement? And then we started looking at which ones were the most crucial once we figured out how the, to get them to the next step. And then we created automations that would take those people, automation, um, automated campaigns that would take those people to the next level. Um, for example, a fairly easy win one would be anyone who has their certi- cert- who is a CM, a certified member. Um, the CM exam is one part of the AAE process. So four weeks after they got their CM, they started getting emails saying, um, reminding them that, hey, you know, you've got your CM, you've done that part of it, why not go for your AAE? Um, and then the campaign went on for uh, six to eight weeks. Um, and every so often it would just send them a reminder, but it would check each time to make sure that they hadn't done it. So to Tom's point, it wasn't asking them to do something that they were already involved in. It was making very sure that this was not someone who had already bought it and we were looking like we didn't know what we we're doing. Very and again, smart, they were all I feel like we've we've all seen automation gone wrong at times. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. No, yes. that's not right. I did that. So yep. good yep. good second check. <laughs> yep. Um and I mean you always get the the problem where you might have somebody with two different email addresses. Yeah. And they sign up with a different email address. So you're gonna have the occasional issue, but for the most part, you're going to make as sure as you can. 
Um, so we just basically started coming up with automations and then prioritizing which ones were the most important and the, the going to have the best return on the investment too of time and setting it up. Um, and also that prioritization allowed us to decide which ones were important enough that people would go into those over other ones. So if they were in the middle of that campaign, they were locked out of the other ones until they finished that campaign too. So it was pretty complex in terms of figuring out how to move people forward. Um, and then the other way that we actually um, measured engagement was we actually measured engagement based on subject, which is subject engagement scoring. And we had 12 different subjects that we decided were kind of the main things that we covered. And we had all of these different things that we knew from the database itself. Um, and then from what people had looked at in community, posted on, searched for, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then web tracking information, what pages they'd visited, and then email information, landing page information. Um, so we took all of these things and um, weighted each one uh, for with a particular subject. So for example, if you were in, if the subject was security and you were in, you had an ACE security certification, well, that got a certain amount of points. If you had um, gone to the security summit three times, you got that points times three. Um, how did you decide um, how all of these things were weighted? Or uh, It was a lot of trial and error. We did a lot of playing around with it. Um, and it's still, I think, constantly being tweaked. Yeah. Um, but it was, um, we did it and then we tested a few, we, would, uh, we spot checked. We're like, oh, no, that person should not be in that subject. We need to revamp that a little bit. And then we did some more spot checking. Um, and it's one of those things that as more meetings get added, because it's done by like a code of overall types of meetings, as more meetings get added, as webinars change, as emails change, web pages get added, you know, that's going to, it's always going to have to be tweaked a little bit. Work in um, progress. Yeah. But the great thing about it is, we didn't have to wait just for people to come and tell us what they were interested in. Um, although we did actually wait those things in there as well, if they specifically came and told us they were interested. Um, but we could actually look at it and go, okay, we can tell from your behavior. We're having like this artificial intelligence kind of conversation right here. We can tell from your behavior. We're looking at what you're doing and we're reacting to it and going, okay, you're definitely showing us that you're interested in this. Um, you've told us you're interested in it, but you're also showing us that you're interested or you told us you're interested in one thing, but that was five years ago. So now you seem to have shifted to this. So we can kind of go along their career with them and say, okay, we're going to show you more things that are uh, related to security because it's clearly the area you're shifting into. Um, airports being so vast and so many different things that people can get into and people move around a lot for different jobs, different types of jobs. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it also drove, in addition to being used for email targeting, um, it drove the advertising that you see on the website when you log in, once you're logged in, um, it drove, drove the, um, news resources and, um, events that you saw on the homepage when you logged in. Um, so a lot of stuff was, um, done based on your subject score. And that's, I love that. yeah, I, it's just a different way of looking at engagement and trying to make sure that you're giving the members what they need to see. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of, kind of, cause we spend a lot of time 
talking about the waiting issue. And, and I came to the conclusion, this is why we only give one point for everything instead of waiting, um, mm -hmm. is that if your members don't care on some leaderboard through their activities of getting to a certain destination of leading and being active in a game of case or something, does waiting even matter? Because I think waiting sometimes we're, we're waiting it to where we want to put the members instead of what the members were, where they really are from their activities. So I was just, I know y'all, I'm just in, in, interested in your, your thoughts behind the whole waiting issue. Uh, well, in this case, um, the waiting was important because if you just went to a web page that had the word security in it, mm -hmm. um, that was not going to be nearly as many worth as many points as actually going and getting a certification in airport security. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and get it going through the trouble of getting the certification in airport security. Not quite the um, uh, not not a, a little bit higher actually than. Um, say going to the security summit yeah so it sounds like it's it wasn't necessarily all what triple wanted them to do but more of a blend right. of like their interest level based on how much time they're willing yeah. to commit to something like oh if someone's exactly. gonna go attend this event they obviously are more invested Absolutely. than someone who's maybe just visiting the website yeah. Here, here's one one thing i want to comment on because i think it's it, it's a sophisticated approach relative to how most associations are uh segmenting their audience mm -hmm. their membership but it's it's an imperfect approach to in and of itself by itself i should say and the reason for that is the same reason when i go to amazon and i'm searching for a pair of um, i don't know a new microphone or something and and if i choose to buy my new blue snowball microphone for the next two months, I'm seeing ads pop up about blue microphone or about microphones, and I'm getting emails about microphones. Mm -hmm. And if I get a newsletter or some more emails about microphones, all I can think is I already bought a microphone. It's something I was interested in last month. I wanted one. I'm not interested in that right now anymore. Exactly. So, like that's the, that's the hiccup, I think. But, with, but here's the with thing: this approach, yeah. Um, that's when I first got there and we first brought in the database that we did. Um, they, our CEO was like, you know, I want our customers to have the Amazon experience. And my point was, well, okay. I go on Amazon every time Susan Boyle puts out a new CD. Um, Amazon wants me to buy it because 10 years ago, I bought one Susan Boyle CD for my grandfather for Christmas. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, this is I was going to say, Amazon. Beth, I didn't peg you as a Susan Boyle fan, but yeah, cool. no, okay. this isn't, um, this isn't the Amazon. This is the Amazon plus experience because we should absolutely know our members better. And that's why we pulled in so much more information and why we weighted certain things heavier than other. Like if you get to once, if you went to one page on security, you might be there to, um, to register somebody else, or yeah. you might be there cause you were just like looking to send something to someone else on your airport staff. And so that thing alone is not going to tell me you're interested in security. And that's why the webpage visits are rated so low. Um, and it just, it sort of, it goes up based on the, the more, the more something displays your interest in that particular subject area, the higher that scores so that you're more likely to be in the right area. Yeah. And it's, it's also subtle too. There's definitely like, it's not showing you a ton of stuff. It's saying, okay, the advertising you're seeing is based that would be on um, air uh, vendors who serve 
airports in terms of security. Um, if you're um, in human resources, you might be seeing stuff for, you know, career recruitment, um, uh, software. Um, so, and title also weighs heavily into it as well. And as your title changes, obviously that score is going to change. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. It's supposed to, it should be Amazon plus. We should know our members better than Amazon knows its customers. Yeah. I think that's on a purchasing side though, but just the, well, the reason I asked the question on the tangible side was, you know, there's, I've seen discussions where they're just going over, does a board member get more weight than a regular member? So the board member is in three programs and sits on the board and, but they consider him more engaged than someone that's in six of your programs and is not volunteering. You know, and I, and I personally don't think that that person's, I think the person that's in six programs taking the action steps there is more involved than the board member that's in three programs. That's, okay. I guess that, yeah. that's kind of where I was waiting things. So I hear a lot of discussion on that waiting. Yours makes total sense on the online purchasing. Yeah. Stuff. And that's the thing. It's like waiting it for, waiting it makes sense when you're talking about depth of interest in subject areas. You want the things that are going to show the most likely for the, that they're the most likely interested in that particular subject mm -hmm. to be weighted heavier um, in terms of activity. Again, with you talking about your engagement, I would say that going to a web page, like clicking an email or going to a web page, I would say probably rate lower than um, doing an actual activity. Right. But the number of activities definitely shows engagement. Mm hmm. And the number per year would show engagement and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, the waiting's a little bit different there. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but all in all different ways to really get to understand your members a little bit better and how you can not just communicate with them, but serve up programs to them, make mm -hmm. sure that they're seeing all the right things that they need. Um, Dave, well, I want to. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> the, 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 to wait to bring it back to the value proposition, um, that whole idea of the subject scoring, too allows us to say, okay, you know, let's see what mix we've got of subject experts and what people are mm -hmm. interested in. And that gives us a solid basis in terms of subject areas and content where most of our members lie and are engaged, which then helps informs the value proposition. Yeah, it's all intertwined. <laughs> Uh, Dave, I want to talk a little bit about something that you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, which was sort of taking things a step further into creating more of a, a two-way conversation with members and like hitting on that human-to-human -human element a little bit. Um, can you talk about um, this conversational marketing approach and how associations can start to create those those two-way conversations? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's interesting you say conversational marketing. If you were to Google conversational marketing, you're going to come up with Drift and Intercom, yep. <laughs> which is uh, Drift actually invented the term conversational marketing. David Cancel is the founder of Drift, brilliant entrepreneur. Uh, and the, the idea behind uh, conversational marketing is to catch people on your website with a chat bot and sell them more, right? That what what I what I've been focused on uh, for the past four years is a variation of that, but that's why we call it conversational engagement because it's really really specific to associations and associations. Although sure that might be interesting to catch people on your website and upsell them, really the interest with conversational engagement is to start uh, conversations, two-way engagements with your members, right? So it, it, I look at communications as being, uh, there's not one 
method of communication that you're going to use all the time with your members. However, that's kind of what we're doing today. We, we really are using one method of communications with our members and that's broadcast, right? We take emails and we broadcast stuff out. So we're talking at our members all the time uh, with the exception of the community. I love the community for peer to peer engagement, but I'm talking about association to member communications. It's all broadcast for the most part. Sometimes we might send surveys out, but it's really a dissection of your entire membership. That's not communication. That's, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's a dissection. That's the kind of like taking your members to a lab and studying them. That's what a survey is. So one of the arrows I think that we've been focused on at, at PropFuel is, is conversational engagement. That, the, the idea behind uh, conversational engagement is creating a two-way exchange. And the reason we're doing that is because um, there's, if you were to look at actually how humans communicate, like actually how humans can, we've been doing it here the entire time. You make a comment, a quick comment, followed by a question, you listen, and then you act on it, right? So that the process broken down very simply is ask a question, capture input, take action, ask, capture, act. So the, 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 uh, the example I give oftentimes is, is if I'm uh, walking down the street and I see somebody walking their dog, my goal is to pet the dog. I love dogs. I'm a dog lover. My goal here is I want to pet the dog. In association, their goal with seeing a member might be to get them to renew their membership, mm -hmm. right? So you have an objective oftentimes with engagement. Engagement's not random. Engagement is actually, you have an objective. You're trying to get somebody to do something. How do we get them to do that? And I'm proposing that if we treat them more like humans and talk to them more like humans, we'll actually get better responses and engagement than if you broadcast all the time, yep. right? So back to the dog. I walk up to somebody walking their dog and I say, oh my gosh, what a beautiful dog. Is he friendly? Now, based on the answer to that question, which is going to be some variation of a yes or some variation of a no, my next action is going to be determined, right? So if they say yes, I'm going in for some love. And if they say no, I'm going to respectfully take a step back. Mm -hmm. And so that's what a conversation is like. A brief introduction, what a beautiful dog, followed by a question. You listen now. What are they going to say? And then based on that, you take action. So let's take that to new member engagement. I'm sorry, to um, uh, the example I gave was a renewal. Let's take that yep. to like a lapsed member engagement. Okay. Very brief prompt text hey, we noticed your membership is lapsed, right? What a, what a beautiful dog. We noticed your membership is lapsed. Uh, are you planning to renew? Mm -hmm. it, and if you think about this, like if somebody were to walk in your office, this is my soapbox, sorry for going on and on. But if somebody <laughs> okay. were to walk in your office, how would you actually talk to that person if they wore a big sign that says, I let my membership lapse? I would ask them, our records show that you have not... <laughs> <laughs> and that would delete you. Yeah, so, that would just close the door. Yeah. See, I see, shut the door. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, so, but if somebody actually, if you think about how would I talk to this person if they were right in front of me, human to human? Well, what would my prompt be? What would my question be? What would I listen for? And how would I respond to it? And, and so that's the human interaction that makes up what, what we call conversational engagement. Now, uh, you can do this any way you'd like. There's lots of ways you can do this. Of course, we built a platform to support it, but, but 
the the concept is what matters more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then if you take that one step further, you can automate all that entire process based on certain triggers. But what matters more than anything else is identifying the people that really need to talk to you and want to talk to you and continuing that conversation with them one to one and let that tail go on. So now you got a membership of let's just say 15,000 members. You can take that 15,000 person membership on a regular basis and identify on a regular basis, like the 30 or 40 people that are actually asking to talk to you about something right now, mm-hmm. which is a pretty cool concept. That's yeah. what creates this two-way exchange. So that's conversational engagement in a nutshell. Yeah. And then acting on it, right? Like doing something with this information that you get back from. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. So the acting on it, be careful, because what you just sounded like was like I just described a survey. That surveys, you got to remember to act on it. In a conversation, you don't have to remember to act on it because it's a freaking conversation. Like you're actually acting on it right now. So the workflow is the exchange that you create in this methodology. That is the action. If they say this, then do this. If they say that, then do that. Or even better, if you actually reply to somebody that had an open-ended response to something and you talk to them, you're taking action at the individual level over and over and over again. And it's the automation that makes it the ability to scale it. So action is exactly what this is all centered on. That's the biggest problem I have with surveys. I remember to go on, go on a conference once wearing a, a shirt that said surveys suck. And the reason for that was because uh, everybody has surveys. They send, like everybody has surveys. Yep. And they send these massive surveys out. They get like seven, eight, 10% response rates maybe. And then maybe they'll look at the survey. No, everybody looks at the results. But, but most of the time you look at the results and you're like, yeah, that's what I thought. Right. So, or you, you get to know your membership as you really triggered me on this one. So you look at the membership and you see this pie chart of what 42% of your members want and need, what 36% of your members want and need, but you don't know what Tom needs. You just know what 36%. And now you're talking to segments of people. Well, what about that one person that wants a sticker for their car? You know, like it's not very popular, but you got that one person that wants that sticker. You going to give it to them? No. Anyway, so yeah, the action is So the thing, that's the nice thing about the conversational engagement is that it's just a natural part of it. There's, there's no like extra extra step there. If if I could kind of share a pain point that I think that Dave has tapped into, the biggest pain point for any association and their members is lack of people and the labor shortage that we're going to experience the next eight years. And what I love about what Dave has tapped into is how to scale the operational process in an association for membership engagement. You don't need 10 mm-hmm. people to reach all these members. He's been able to show how you can scale with technology, the opportunity to reach them all at the individual level to meet their needs. And if some of that, a lot of stuff resides on the website, when he says, go here, go there, you don't need people in that mix. So it really helps make an association vastly more efficient to reaching your members in a time when you're just not going to find very many membership engagement people to hire in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about measurement during this episode how do you measure conversational engagement oh my god so let me start with how you don't measure it okay (laughs) uh open rates 
the worst. Ugh. They're just the and worst. And it's just going to get harder, right? Open yeah. rates are just, harder. Forget it. Just forget open rates entirely. Just oh my god, it's, don't it, even that, think about them. It's so hard to to realize. Everybody here needs to get on their soapbox and educate the community yep. that open rates are garbage. Now they mm-hmm. they are, and the reason one of the big reasons for that is it first of all they were garbage before september 15 or i don't know what the date was but in mid-september apple released ios 15 which now has given the consumer the ability to say do not share my personal information with anyone i open up my email with and by the way a huge percentage of the population uses apple mail to check their mail i'm not talking like i i use google i still look at it on my iphone if i'm looking at it on my iphone now, you cannot see whether I open something or not. Apple will tell you I did, but what they're doing now is they're blocking those images without getting into too much detail. Open rates are not the way to measure success. The best way, I think, um, from a tactical perspective, and, and again, I'm thinking about emails and email measurement. I'm not thinking about like measuring engagement mm-hmm. per se. What I'm talking about is like, was this email effective? And the best way to measure whether or not an email is effective is did somebody actually click on something in it? It's it's the click through. It's the it's the in, it, that's the level in an email at least. Like that's that's the metric probably that matters more than anything else. Beth and Tom and uh, and Alec, I I'd, I'd be curious to hear your I input. totally agree. Um, I I look at open rates this point at this point are the equivalent of the resume members. They exist. <laughs> yeah. We don't know yeah. that they actually looked at anything. They, they exist. Yeah. We don't know that they actually opened it um, until you show engagement by like actually clicking through on something on the email, actually actively engaging with it. Then you, it's, it's not a metric worth measuring. Now the trick is how do you get those people from step one of hopefully having opened it to step two of engage of clicking through. That's a whole other kind of email engagement. A whole other kind of engagement. What's that? How about you ask him a question, actually start a conversation mm-hmm. with him yep. and engage him that way. That's, that's, that's the, the soapbox yep. I'm on is, is, and, and by the way, I, I want to emphasize, this is just one arrow in the quiver, mm-hmm. right? There's not every email you send should have a question for them to answer. No. That would be exhausting. Some of it literally right. is just informational and you shouldn't expect a, yeah. a high. It, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So. Yeah. They all play um, a role. I know. I think. Um, I think. Looks like we sort of come full circle a little bit there, Alex. I know we're getting <laughs> short on time. I know. I know. I was going to say that's like the perfect uh, bring it all together point because yeah. really, it's when you're when you're thinking about the ways that you're communicating and engaging with members, having these conversations. Like it's it's a it's a progress. It's this constant like cycling of information of you learning about your members, what they care about, how they care about it, serving it up in the right channel and the right method and the right timing. It, it all, it all plays a part, but this has been an incredibly rich conversation. Thank you all for uh, your input about member engagement and how it all ties to value prop. Uh, one thing before we wrap up and we share where, where our listeners can find you all on the internet after this Um What's your favorite member engagement tactic? Again, in one quick 30-second overview, this is a question we ask all of our guests. Tom, you kick us off. Remember and sh- not quantify that question. Ta- how do we get members engaged? Any quick, could be like a little tip 
or could be some bigger, well, bigger I, idea. I, I, Favorite tactic to get member members engaged. To me, the first thing you do is measure. You know, it was it was a rude awakening to us when we downloaded our 13 touch points in a spreadsheet, gave everybody a point, and saw that wow, 82% of our members are actually engaged in something. 42 over here. So the first thing for me is just measure, so you can be able measure. to see where that is. And for me, the big thing is just being able to do that. Now, Beth has inspired me to go look at more different semantic wording. I appreciate that, Beth. <laughs> um, but, 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 but talking specifically to the members that are not in specific programs in a way that lets them know that and thanking those that are in the program instead of a blanket email. So much more effective. Love it. Understanding sort of where your members are mm -hmm. so that you can figure out where to go next. Dave, how about you? Favorite yeah, member I, engagement tactic? I mean, the easy answer is conversational engagement, yeah. but the more <laughs> the, the more thoughtful answer is if if uh, oftentimes we look at behavior and transactional data to guess what it is um, our members are interested in. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be cooler if we just said, what are you interested in? Ask them. Yeah. Right. So the, for, for me, the tactic is ask, mm -hmm. ask them stuff. Yeah, that's that's the tactic I encourage. I love it. Beth, how about you? I think I've asked you this question um, every single time you've been on this episode. But <laughs> you have or this this podcast, do you have one specific to the, the topic of this episode? <laughs> um, I think that um, I like the ask one. Um, however, um, since that's already been said, and I also like this one as well, um, be reactionary. Structure your emails in such a way that they could be reactionary. Structure your campaign so that they could be reactionary. When somebody gives you information um, by clicking on something, by answering a question, by clicking on something in an email, have something prepared to react to it so that they get something in return. Cool. So you don't need to remember to act on it, right? Yeah. Oh, you I like should it. still remember to act on it later too, because it's still going to be relevant six months down the line, most likely. Yeah. But definitely be reactionary in the moment. Good call. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, Tom, if our listeners want to reach out to you, if they have any questions, where can they find you? Uh, they can go to my website at tommorrison.biz and reach out to me at tom at tommorrison.biz. Awesome. Dave, how about you? www.propfuel.com, P-R-O-P-F-U-E-L, or Dave at propfuel.com. Love it. And Beth, how about you? I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on, on Hug at, if you're a Higher Logic customer. Um, you can reach me at B Arrett, two R's, two T's, A-R-R-I-T-T, at um, higherlogic.com. You can find me on Twitter at Beth Arrett on, um, and on uh LinkedIn, uh, Elizabeth Arrett. So wonderful. I'm everywhere. <laughs> well, thank you everyone. That's going to do it for another episode of the member engagement show. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Thanks, Alex. Bye. Do you love the member engagement show? Leave us a review. We really appreciate our listeners and all of the support you give us. Selfishly, we also want to hear what you have to say. So please leave us a review and let us know what you think. 